MYP fam to another episode of the Marketing Your Podcast show. And today is another great interview with a friend of mine named Janide Iqbal, and he is the founder of NoDegree.com and also the host of the No Degree podcast. And we talked about how you can grow your show on LinkedIn and Twitter specifically because these are places where you don't need a large ad budget or you don't need a large following to get started. So it is a fantastic conversation, a ton of great tips, a ton of tactics. So you're probably going to want to listen to it a couple times, but I'd also really encourage you to come out and connect with me and Janide on LinkedIn and Twitter because those are both platforms that we are both pretty active on where you can come chat with us, engage, connect, ask questions, the whole thing. So without further ado, let's get into today's interview with Janide Iqbal. Welcome, guys. We are here with Janide Iqbal, and I'm excited to get into this conversation because it is a another one of our interviews with podcast hosts who have been out there uh, doing it. And I want to bring these stories to you because I think that there are things that you can take away from it. He's someone who's been consistently providing value for his audience, and uh, we're going to talk about his show and journey of his show, the No Degree Podcast. So, Janide, welcome to the show, man. Yeah. Hey, Hector. Thanks so much for having me. Brief note to the audience. I'm the founder of NoDegree.com and host of the NoDegree podcast, where I interview people without college degrees and have them share their stories. And it's been a long, fun and wild ride. I think I'm up to episode 80. It's been a little over two years of podcasting. I took like some breaks in between like a week or two here and there. But now I've been pretty consistent and releasing an episode you, every week. You know, now that I think about it, I, I really I think that was one of the things that maybe stood out. And I always look for people who are consistent amongst other things. I think consistency is a, a skill, especially in podcasting, that is it really sets people apart because there's so many shows where I go and they've got 10, 12, 13 episodes and you know, they're done or those 10, 12, 15 episodes took them five, six, seven months to do. And, and they're kind of plateauing, but I really saw that you were someone who was, who was consistent in the shows that you're releasing. And then also I just have a, a real affinity for people who help people with like real life skills. I took the traditional school route. I did, you know, like 16 years of Catholic school all the way from kindergarten, all the way through my, I got a marketing degree at a Jesuit university. And so I saw that side of it. And what I realized is that there were so many things that I actually used in my career as an entrepreneur and a business owner that I didn't learn there. And so I just, I really appreciate what you're doing and the, the type of content that you're putting out, because I think that it's important for people to have it. So I'd love for you to share kind of why the podcast and, and kind of why you started it. What what made you, maybe two things, like what made you start it? What was the kind of the reason and the story behind it? But then I'd also love for you to share like why you kept going with it. There's so many people that I mentioned that stop or give up or make excuses or whatever, but you think that you found enough reason to continue to persist on. So I, I'd love for you to take us through that and kind of walk us through your journey a little bit. Yeah. So why I started it, content marketing. So for nodegree.com, right, the way I make money is employers posting jobs. And what happens is to get employers to post jobs, you need traffic. So how do you get traffic? Content. And now here's the thing. Like, yes, I can write a blog article and all that, but that's not like what I like to do. And it takes effort. And around 2019, a lot of podcasts started coming up and I love podcasts. Like if I want to learn a topic, I'll go listen to podcasts and I'll, I'm the type, I'll listen 10, 20, 30, 40 episodes, right? Like I, there was one podcast I want to learn about how to become a paid public speaker. I listened to 180 episodes. I want to learn SEO. I'm like 40, 50 episodes, right? So that's how I like learning. 
And I like it because it's long form, right? Like what happened was I used to drive and then some days I drive like four to six hours, right? Because you're driving an hour to this event, hour back, you're doing this errand. And then what ends up happening is you're driving two to six hours, right? Some days. And the thing is you can't do work while driving, right? I can't check email. I can't do any of the things. But I was like, I can learn while driving because the radio gets super old. So that's why that's why I fell in love with podcasts. Why I use it as a medium is that there are so many people without college degrees who are successful but you don't know how they got to where they are, right? Like, yes, you know the Bill Gates, you know the Steve Jobs and stuff, but what about your average person who owns the business, right? Your average person who got into corporate, how did they break in? So I wanted to share their stories. I want to share like, oh, this guy works at Google without a college degree. How did he get in? What were the life issues he faced? What were the rejections he faced? I wanted to share real stories because oftentimes the people without college degrees, they're a very vulnerable demographic, right? You get these people on YouTube, oh, become a millionaire, Amazon FBA, oh, become this, do this, Google ad, do this. And it's all three to $10,000 courses that probably shouldn't cost that much. And they get people and they suck people in. So I don't want to become that, right? I wanted to give away as much knowledge for free as possible and podcasting is a way i just record this conversation once it gets edited and i can send it as many times and then because people without degrees they tend to be a vulnerable demographic they're always exploited they don't tend to come as you know from well-off backgrounds like there's a statistic that i think like 80 percent of college students come from middle class backgrounds or above right because to go to college you need to have a support system right yes there's the person who works three jobs and has two kids and goes to college but that's not you can't tell everyone to do that majority of people would kind of fail in that situation so that's kind of why i started it and then i kind of saw it's like I love talking to people. I could talk to people all day long, like, you know, especially these type of conversations. I, I'm interested in people. And then it also, for my personal reasons, it's a way to get a conversation with someone you normally would not get a conversation with. Like I've had CEOs. I've had a UFC fighter, Demetrius Johnson. And it's like, think about it. If I want to talk to him in another basis, like we'd be like, OK, I want to talk with you. It's like for what? But podcast, you get to talk to anyone. So and I saw it as a branding ploy. I saw it as a way to compete with the big companies because small companies can do things that big companies can't. So I'm, I'm trying to compete with an Indeed, a monster. Are you going to listen to the Indeed podcast? And even if you do, who's going to be the host? The CEO is not going to be the host. They just, they don't do that stuff, right? Are you going to have a random person as a host? So that's where I can, you know, commit to. And that's one of the reasons I stay consistent because it's like literally I have unlimited topics, right? I've interviewed people who've had the same job. Like I've interviewed car salesmen twice, but one's a uh, man, one's a woman. They have different perspectives. Sometimes you get people who are older. Sometimes you get people who are younger. So it's like, I like sharing as many perspectives. So it's like, I could go on and on with this and I love doing it. So- Jeanette, I'd love for you to talk about how the business interplays into the podcast. You talked about the business model a little bit for your business. I'd love for you to talk about how you've aligned and connected the two between the business and the show. Yeah. So for the meantime, I also do a lot of resumes and interview prep. So I get a lot of leads because of that, because I have like 80 episodes of just good info. And what ends up happening is I get a lot of people who are interested and I know that they don't have money, but I don't think that someone should doesn't deserve help because they don't have money. So I get some people young. You're like, hey, I'm looking for several careers. I'll say, hey, what are you interested in? Well, I like sales. Be like, hey, listen to these episodes or hey, I want to get into tech. Listen to episode 16. I want to do this. Listen to this episode. And then what happens is it's like then you have a fan for life. And these people end up giving me referrals. They're like, hey, yeah, Janai, you're always helpful. Oh, can you help my friend with this? He's looking for a resume and all that. Then the other thing is, is you know how it is once you start getting big guest it starts like oh you have this person on your podcast it gives you credibility and that's stuff you can share on social media right and one of the things that i kind of use is linkedin is my go-to platform right because linkedin is a professional 
social media. So the other platforms tend to be social medias. And then some people use LinkedIn as just a professional site and they're losing a lot out. Thankfully, no degree is a company that's both professional and social, right? There's a social aspect of it. You're helping people that degrees. There's the diversity aspect of it, but it's also professional. Like, hey, you help people find jobs and careers. So it's the right blend of it. So I can share these things. And people like this stuff like, hey, I can share those clips on social media, right? Like the advice that people give, I can share it. It's so much content. So it's for content marketing. It like the podcast just works so well. And then here's the other thing. Sometimes people are unsure of whether or not to use me. And they're like, hey, you know, I'm interested. I was like, hey, listen to this episode. Here's my free advice. And then, you know, same thing. Like I bought courses because I was like, look, your free advice is so good. I want your paid course. I know that you're the real deal because look, there's so many courses that are whatever in the 1K to 5K range. And it's not that they're not worth the money. It's just that you got to find the right one that is worth the money. Because a lot of them, they're just like, you know, you don't get that value out of it. So I like delivering value through the podcast. Yeah. What do you think is working for you or what did work for you throughout those 80 episodes that you feel either led to a breakthrough or kind of took you from one stage to the next or helped you get to a particular stage? Is there anything that you look back on that you're kind of grateful or thankful, maybe even that you continue to do still? Yeah, I think just staying true to the mission. I think a lot of people when they do podcasts, there was a time, you know, like 2016 to 17, you could have literally even 18, you could have literally launched a podcast on any topic and you would have grown, right? Just right time. Then 2019, 2020, it started getting a little more, not crazy. And now you see like podcasts are popping in and out. And just like you said, you see so many podcasts, 10 to 20. So I've always stuck to the why, like, why am I doing this podcast? And it's really to change and transform the lives of those without college degrees to get them the careers. So I've always stuck with that. And I've kept that through the beginning. And I think what's really helped me is that I learned a lot about myself. And I'm really like people, I'm interested in their stories. So what I found and what has helped me to keep going is just being true to yourself. And I think I didn't do it because it was trendy. I didn't do it because it was, you know, solely because it's good way. Oh, you could make a lot of money. I did it because I like doing it and I like the stories of the guests and I like the impact and it fits into my business too, which is another thing. Like even if my business shut down, I'd still like to do the podcast. I still, you know, pay my editor to at least edit, right? I could do this forever. I don't have like an end goal kind of like, hey, I want to get bought out by Spotify. To me, it's like, if I was rich enough to not take any sponsors, I'd do it that way too. But you know how it is. You got to sort of reinvest into content and pay people and all that. But that I think staying true to the mission is what I've always stuck to. What about moving forward? I think yeah. you talked about the fact that you would do it for free if you you had no end game. So what are some things that we just we're recording this on January 3rd? What are yeah. some things that you are excited about or thinking about or wanting to do for your show that you feel is a good opportunity? You mentioned kind of being in that moment, 2016 to 2017 of just organic, natural growth. Whereas I don't think you said it explicitly, but what I heard is that we're moving out of that time now where just, just having a show is not enough. Yeah. So what are things that you're trying to do to make sure that you are active in your promotion and your growth of your show? So LinkedIn has always been my go-to, right? Just like you said, you knew my name and I knew your name. I'd always pop up. I'm still doing at least like 10 to 20 comments a day. I aim for like 30 to 50 because what happens is on LinkedIn compared to other platforms, you see Janiyad title. And what do I have first? A no degree podcast. And it's a cool thing. Like, oh, let me check it out. And then you kind of see my thing, no degree.com. So you kind of always see that. And then you don't see me promoting my podcast all the time, right? Because it's annoying where if you're always promoting. So I kind of do that. Now I've added 
Twitter as part of my strategy. Like I'm active on Twitter. I just broke like 600 followers. I love Twitter for podcasts, especially. Okay. It's, I think, such a, a gem that not enough people are talking about. So yeah. I'm really glad you brought it up. Yeah. So I'm Twitter is a, another big thing that I've added. And here's the one thing that I'm going to say, if you're marketing your podcast, focus on one platform first. And once you get the operations going and you get that and you kind of know the ropes, then go to another platform. Because if you're trying to do, oh, I'm doing Twitter, I'm doing Instagram, I'm doing TikTok, I'm doing LinkedIn, it's tough. You know, especially as you're growing, you're trying to get your footing down and all that. So focus on one platform. Now that I have LinkedIn going, I have a strategy. I have a base. Now I'm on Twitter. Now I'm on TikTok. And then what ends up happening is people on Twitter who are big accounts are like, oh, you got a big following on LinkedIn. And then they connect with me on Twitter. And then, you know, they're like, hey, I'd love to do something with you on LinkedIn. Or yeah, come to my Twitter and, you know, give some advice. So once you have credibility on one platform, it starts going to other platforms. And people who have big accounts there, but small accounts on LinkedIn start following you on Twitter. And it starts giving you the credibility. And a lot of things like what works on LinkedIn just works on Twitter. Twitter is just more fast paced, a slightly different style of content, but supporting others and commenting and engaging still goes, you know, a long way. And then well, let me ask you two things. We talked a little bit about LinkedIn. I'd like for you to share a little bit more. I want to get your opinion because I feel I was very bullish at the beginning of 2021 on yeah. LinkedIn. I'd love for you to just to hear your approach or what you think is important for hosts to still get organic traction. Because I think that's why LinkedIn is so attractive and why I think Twitter now is so attractive because they figured out their algorithm and they've yeah. really kind of you know hit on some organic stuff. So what are some things, whether it's types of content or you mentioned having something in your profile, like can you talk about LinkedIn specific things that you think might yeah. help hosts grow? So here's one thing. So before I started a podcast, I tried to get on other podcasts. Right. I would send messages and I'd be personalized. I wouldn't just message someone with the podcast because I get a lot of podcast pitches and it's like, hey, I have a PhD in neuroscience. I'd love to be in your podcast. It's like, dude, it's the no degree podcast. So I used to pitch on podcasts all the time. No one responds or some guys like contact me back. I contact back and nothing ever went through. The moment I launched the podcast, I got guest opportunities. I never had to ask, right? People like, hey, come on. I'm so happy that you're on. So the one thing that I'll tell you is make sure you put podcast hosts on your headline because 90% of my guests, they just reach out to me like, hey, I don't have a degree I, I love what you're doing. I'm like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And purely just from that. So I don't have to like work to get guests. And then the other thing is, is just add value, share your perspective, share your knowledge. You mentioned having something in the title. And yeah. I think that's one thing that really sets LinkedIn apart is that you can search by title, right? Yeah. I mean, it's one of the few things yeah. that if, if not, I don't know another platform that kind of has that ability for someone to go in and find you based on your niche. Yeah. So whether it's, not only podcast host, but I think also having whatever your podcast is about or having something that denotes you as an expert or an authority or or something because similar to you, I've had people reach me on LinkedIn it's because they're I don't, you know they're searching podcast marketing or something like yeah. that and, and I, I come up. So having whatever they do, whether they are a you know roofing consultant or whether they are yeah. a coach or a fitness whatever, you're right. I think having that title is so valuable. Yeah. The other thing on LinkedIn is comments actually Actually pop up on the feed compared to other platforms, right? In other platforms, you have to kind of click on a post and then go look at the comments, right? On LinkedIn, you're going to see that comments pop up. And that's why you say, hey, Janaid always pops up. And here's the funny thing. Most people won't remember your name, right? Maybe they'll remember your face. Janaid, no one's going to remember. But then there are people like, oh, the no degree guy. And the thing is, and it's not like I'm bashing my opinions in your face, like, oh, screw college, blah, blah, blah. It's just, dude, I'll give business advice, entrepreneurship advice. I'm always helping people. I'm not saying like great, amazing 
thanks, cool, great share. I'm actually putting thoughtful sentences that doesn't look like a robot. It's the Gary V strategy, the dollar 80 strategy. You know, give your two cents 90 times a day. And that's what I did. Gave my two cents 90 times a day. And that's what I'm doing on Twitter too, right? Give my two cents. And then what ends up happening is you start building relationships. And then you start being known as like, hey, that's the guy that helps people without college degrees. Oh, you know what? You don't have a college degree. Go, you should send him a message. Tell him I sent it to you. So you need to be known for that area. So if you're the podcast marketing guy, it's like share things about marketing, share things about business, share things about that and keep on doing it. Because think about it, we've been connected well over a year and it's only now that we're having this conversation. And that's how these things are. Like most people are so short term that they're pitching and they want to get on your podcast and you don't, you say no and that's it. And whereas like, look, keep supporting others, keep doing these things because there will be other podcast marketing people. But if you're the one who's always out there supporting others, you're the one who will be remembered. It's such a good point that you bring up, Janine. And I think that for, for those of you guys who are listening to this, I mean, there's so many nuances in this. I mean, obviously the biggest thing is he's saying is like, just do it, just comment. Yeah. I mean, if you hear the numbers that he's putting out, you know, 10 to 20 to 30 to 50 comments per day, right? And I think the reason that that is so important in particular is because it really juices the algorithm. I think LinkedIn, like you mentioned, is one of the few things where I don't have to be connected with the person that you're commenting on for me yeah. to see your comment. It'll actually show me your response just because we're connected and you're commenting. Yeah. That doesn't happen on Instagram. Yeah. It happens a little bit on Twitter and that's why I like Twitter. But you're right about LinkedIn and the fact that they really do push so-and-so replied to this. And I think that we're, and we're not underplaying because you're really highlighting it, but I want to, to the listeners, I want to really stress that branding with your value that Janai's leaving some really thoughtful comments paired right next to your title. And right next to your expertise, those two things are such a powerful kind of brand association thing that doesn't happen a lot. I mean, or like you think about on on Instagram, people have to click to your profiles on Facebook. You don't have that. So it's a very unique thing when it comes to growing on social. Yeah. And the more I give to the platform, the more I get. And if you consistently do it, it just goes such a long way. And look, I'll go even deeper. The average LinkedIn Connect person has like 500 to 1,000 Connect. Now, do you know the 110, the 10% rule? Like 10% of people on social media like stuff and another 10% of that. So only 1% of people actually create content. Do you know that like rule on most social media platforms? That makes sense. I haven't heard it put that way, but yeah, yeah, I know that it's... On LinkedIn, it's even lower. It's half a percent. Whereas like Twitter, 1% of people create content on Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, all these TikTok, LinkedIn is half a percent. And the reason yeah. being it's a professional platform. So people are afraid to post because of their jobs and blah, blah. They don't want their totally. boss seeing, they don't want their colleagues seeing. So you get half a percent. So if you think about it, someone has a thousand connections. If you do 1%, only 10 people on their feet are posting right? Maybe some people are commenting. So that's why I think about it. Like my other people, majority of my connections are 500 to a thousand comments. I mean, 500 to a thousand connections. So what happens is, dude, I'm commenting, dude, I'm going to be in their feed all the time. Like my girlfriend's like, Hey, stop. <laughs> like I see you all the time. So it's like, I get anything faster, but that's another thing. Like since you have that professional filter. Now here's another thing about LinkedIn, depending on what your target audience is for me, I don't get the people under 18, right? You can't really make money off them. And they're not as valuable demographic in certain aspects, right? I do want to reach them in other ways, but I'm talking about for Money-wise, I'm not going to make money off. You don't get people above 50, like these boomers and these crazy people on Facebook who share like the weirdest thing. You know, those people who share the chain emails and these weird things. You don't get them. And then since you have the professional filter, like it's less content and you're less, you're competing with less. The other thing compared to other platforms, LinkedIn is not dependent on ads to make money. LinkedIn makes money through recruiter solutions and job postings. That's how they make 70 to 90% of the money. I think it's changing depending on the year. Which is why I think that their content algorithm is not 
because well, I want to talk about Twitter a little bit. So here's our, our little hook to the yeah, Twitter, yeah. because I think you're talking about cracking the algorithm, which is content, which is comments, because yeah. I think that at a certain point, their content algorithm is just not as great as, say, a TikTok or even an Instagram or now like a Twitter. Yeah, like TikTok is like the most addicted and that algorithm is crazy. But, you know, here's the thing. LinkedIn algorithm, you can train it. All you have to do is unfollow people who comment on things or like things that you don't like. And once you unfollow, the feed is so much better. Right, 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 right. And so I, I'm hearing consistency and I'm also hearing that the comments are kind of the, they're the hidden, the yeah. hidden sauce. They're the secret yeah. sauce there. Recently, 2020. And so we have a couple, I think we have an episode on LinkedIn. Just go back and listen to that if you haven't listened to that. But this is great stuff because this is new that we haven't really touched on. But 2022, I'm really bullish on Twitter. And yeah, I am too. I deleted Twitter a myriad of times. I've had yeah, to yeah. just digital detox a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. And I've rejoined with some strong parameters and yeah. some strong rules on what I follow and what I, I kind of, yeah. what rabbit holes I go down. Twitter, you'll get down a rabbit hole. I think you go ton of this. There's a ton it's of rabbit crazy. holes. But the reason I bring that up is because I wouldn't be silly to not as a marketer and especially as a podcast marketer to not be there because of yeah. a, the podcast space that is just, there's so many hosts and listeners that are, are there looking for podcasts. And then also Twitter, it just, it seems like they've, I don't think that their algorithm was always like this, where the organic reach, I've only got 99 followers or 90 some odd followers, yeah. less than hundred, but I've got a post right now that's got like 25,000 impressions or something yeah, like that. Yeah. I mean, and last month, Twitter, I hit 165K impressions. Yeah. And you've only got 600 followers. Yeah. I gained like 200. And again, every platform, the first thousand is the hardest. The first 10,000 is the hardest. The first, you know how it is. Well, talk about what you think is unique or why Twitter or how you're going about utilizing Twitter. So I'll tell you why I joined Twitter, right? First, you always do one social media platform, right? Maybe you could do two if they're very similar, like an Instagram Reels and TikTok. I did LinkedIn because I was like, look, this is the best platform. This is where I can make the most money, right? So I built myself and, you know, I got above 30K and now, now I'm approaching 37K. I hit 7.7 .7 million views for 2021. I hit like 5.6 and probably 6 million the year before. So it was, it was very good. The one thing I did not get is press. I didn't get media publications. I didn't get like a feature on like a Yahoo or all this stuff because journalists are not active on LinkedIn. That's not where they hang out. If they have an account, they're not active. They, they haven't liked the post in two months, right? So that's the number one reason I got on Twitter because where do the journalists hang out? Twitter. The other thing is Twitter engagement is so low that if you like someone's post, like you'll be like their only like. So it's easy to get on people's radar. Like I have like an actress that follows me. Well, here's what I noticed is that when I signed up, they ask you, what are you into? Right. And you can yeah. put investing or MLB, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And podcasts is actually a topic that you can follow, which I was pretty excited, but you can follow that. And so for me, I just, I just was like, I don't have any followers. I was like, you know, literally at zero followers, but I just started talking about podcasting and I started to notice that it was getting traction. And I was, yeah, yeah. I would just, there were some that I would post about stupid stuff and we get no traction. So I, yeah. I, I the ones that we had were focused on podcasting and obviously gave some value. We're getting some traction. So I just was persistent and consistent on it. And it just, it kind of made me realize that you can kind of tap outside of your followers. And I think that that's one big thing that a lot of podcast hosts have to do is you have to kind of manage your current listener base, but then most hosts forget about like going out and actively yeah, finding yeah. new ones. And I think that that's what algorithms can do for you, right? Yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. kind of boost your, your value to, to, to a potential audience. And then it's another place to share. The beauty is like LinkedIn, you can only post once a day kind of thing. 
right? Right. Or else your posts start competing with each other and all that. Right. Whereas like Twitter, you're expected like five to 15 times right. and this and that. And then it's wild. Like I have like a UFC fighter who follows me. I have like an actress who follows me. And it's just because I engage with their stuff. So that's the beauty of Twitter is like you can actually get on someone's radar. Yeah. It's really fun to see because I had counted Twitter out and I kind of abandoned me, I did this, too. as this lost cause because you used to just even a couple of years ago, you needed a large following in order to get any sort of traction out there or, or else you were just kind of yeah. spitting into the wind. So that's why I think that these conversations are so valuable and important for podcasts podcast host because they've kind of got to be really ninja in the ways that they're going to go after. Yeah. And I think that his Janai's advice about sticking to one platform is really important. We're talking about LinkedIn and Twitter only because I spent all of 2021 building my yeah. LinkedIn systems and making connections and stuff like that, putting in that time to where now that's kind of at a place where it's not on autopilot. We're just maintaining that. And now we yeah. can you know take and a look at this, this Twitter. It's less effort, right? It's less effort. Right. You know what? It's easier to create content, easier year for your things to get views. Like I've been active on LinkedIn since February, 2019. And I didn't post for the first four or five months. I just used to do hundreds of comments. That's all I would do. And that's so then when I did post, I already had an audience who knew me, who knew my values, who knew what I stood for. And then I did well, right? So that's kind of how I did it. And then now I post, I comment, I still maintain, but Twitter is definitely where I'm spending a little more time on now. Yeah. Is there anything else that you feel should be mentioned or should be you know, anything that's working for you? Yeah. The other thing is networking. Like we got to go back to networking. Networking is so important. And here's the thing. A lot of people don't understand networking. Like I literally have to break it down and like spell it out. Like here's the benefit of networking, right? I have to like give an example of how networking works because most people don't value relationships like that, right? They like, Hey, is this person my customer? Cool. If not, they're not worth it, but they don't realize like, Hey, maybe in two years from now, I might be on this guy's podcast. Maybe in- How yeah. old are the people listening to your show roughly? You get 18 to like 40. Yeah, I, I got to imagine that some of them are young and I got to yeah. imagine that I'm 30 and I for yeah. some still- I'm 32. I, I still, for some reason, feel and think that I'm like a 24 year old. Yeah, but which I feel is, that way too. Which is probably better for my health. Yeah. But in any case, I feel also feel like the kids that are coming up these days are drastically different in terms of their mindset. And really you talk about like that, that networking aspect. I think that they, and I hate to, to characterize a generation. You know what I mean? Because it's like, it's not really, it's just not fair because obviously yeah, yeah. there's so many people that are, are not this. Yeah. But as in general, I think the opportunities to go out and actually meet people yeah. face to face are, they're not as prominent for, for younger people. They would prefer yeah. to hang out in a different kind of setting. No. And I think to their detriment, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So look, here's the thing. As society progresses and technology, right? There are always pros and cons of everything, right? Like TikTok, cool. You get to see great content. The con is you could spend six hours on it. <laughs> Right. So same thing. I think the kids today have so many different online tools. Like, for example, we met because of LinkedIn. We never we wouldn't have met in 2014. Right. Because it was just a different time. Social wasn't developed the same way. People didn't have the same phones in their pocket and data and Internet wasn't as good and ecosystems weren't as developed and it wasn't as quick. Right. So you have these tools that you can literally meet people across the country. You can learn so many things. You have access to free online courses. You have access to YouTube so much developed. If you look at YouTube from 2010 to now, like YouTube is like the hardest platform to like create content for. Right. All these 
these people with crazy high setups. So the thing is, I agree that they have this thing that they are not as encouraged. Like parents just kind of want to have them sit at home, watch video games to kind of watch them instead of kind of going outside. But the thing is, the option is still there. So the person who does do that does tremendously, right? The person who does get a mentor, who does do these things, the world is their oyster. So yes, they have a detriment, but they also have the tools accessible to make sure that they counteract and they don't end up being, you know, just like everyone else in their generation, the trends that they follow. Yeah, that's a great point. And and you're right in the sense that I think the networking is different, right? When you yeah. said networking initially, I was like, oh, like a networking event. And, I, and I've gone to tons yeah, of yeah. networking events where you go and you there's a bunch of people in a room that you've never met and some bad Danishes and stuff like that. And, but the networking has also transformed yeah. um, into Discord servers and stuff like yeah. that. So that's huge. Uh, the last thing that I like to ask a host about is the future of the podcasting industry. And, and you could take it kind of a, a couple of ways, but really I'd love to know what you're thinking about when it comes to the No Degree Podcast 2, 3, 5, 10, 15. I mean, how do you see it adjusting and morphing with the changes that are happening in the industry? So I I want to get to a point where I have a sponsor. And then once I have a sponsor, I'm going to go twice a week, right? Because you double your money by doubling your episodes. Now, I don't want to do every day. I think that's just overwhelming and it's hard to keep up with. But I want to go twice a week and I may go one episode on a topic and one episode with a person, something like that. Now, the thing is, I want to interview thousands and thousands of people. And that takes years, right? Even that twice a week, you're still doing 700 a year kind of thing. So that and I want to have a backlog of so much information. And there's always going to be new things like in like a few years, I'm going to have a bunch of crypto people and blockchain people talking about how they have this blockchain company and all that. And there are new careers and then old episodes will be less relevant because those careers aren't as viable anymore. And I'm going to have old guests back on because I've had people and since I've had them, it's been like a year or two. And since then, they've gotten two more jobs. They've left their jobs. They've sold a company. They started a company. So now it's like that episode's a little different. It's their progression since the last time. And then I'm going to talk about just a lot of topics. So I have so much to talk about that I'm going to keep going. I am focusing a little more on YouTube. So I do publish my episodes on YouTube now. And here's another thing. I know your podcast focuses on marketing. So here's one thing. YouTube is very tough. It's one of those tough cookies to crack. And it's not favorable to podcasters because YouTube algorithm works by watch time. So if I publish an hour episode, you watch 20 minutes. I publish, someone publishes 10 minutes. They watch, someone watches six minutes. That person has 60% watch time. I have 20, you know, one third, you know, 33% watch time. They get favored in the algorithm, despite someone spending more time on my thing. So now the other side of the coin is 20% of podcast listeners use YouTube as their source of podcasts. So if you're stagnated, you can get an easy 20% increase by just putting out another platform. But and the way YouTube works is let's say you have hour long episodes and you have minute clips, but because they're on the same channels and you're not getting watch time on this, it hurts your whole channel because YouTube is also a social media in that you see other clips on your sideline. So the way around it is, and I started doing this, is you have a separate channel just for your podcast. So that's where your hour long clips stay. That's where people find. And then you have a separate channel for the short clips. The two, So that's your main channel that gets the clips. Now you satisfy both that you have a YouTube presence and your long episodes are not hurting your channel, but they are working for the algorithm for these people who do just watch these things and keep it in the background and use YouTube. So that's another thing I would encourage the audience to do. Huh. I've not heard that strategy. And that's something that I am I am seriously going. Yeah, to I heard it on a podcast. This has been been fantastic, Janaid. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that 
you'll grace us with a, a round two because I, I yeah, think that let me we know. just uh, we just scratched the surface of, of some of the the depth of some of your experience. But I'd love for you to talk a little about the No Degree podcast. There's yeah. nodegree.com, but yeah. where and how should people stay connected and follow up with you if they want to? Yeah, I mean, look, so check out nodegree.com. I'm actually working on revamping the website. So we're going to focus on trade school and boot camp reviews because there are a lot of boot camps that people go to. So I want to review them because some of them are pretty pricey and some of them are free. Boot camps like like what kind of boot camps? Like General Assembly, Lambda School, all these other ones that you sign up and you go for free for 12 weeks, but they take like 20K or some of them, they take a percentage of your salary. Some of them focus on sales. Some of them focus on UI UX. Some of them focus on trick programming. Oh, interesting. So I want to really, and then trade school. So like, you want to be a plumber. How do you go? And it's like trade schools don't have good online presences. So I want to kind of break down like how, what's the cost? What's the timeline? How does it work? Who's it good for? And then I want to have podcast episodes where I interview their office and they can kind of talk about their programs and all that. So that's kind of where I'm going. So follow nodegree.com. Check out the No Degree podcast. I have cool interviews and you learn about different careers and it's a very laid back show. And the other thing is check out, follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Send me a DM, follow me. I'm pretty responsive and I'll give you the, the social media links to put in the show notes. Sweet. Janai, this has been been fantastic. And uh, while we were recording, I went in and followed you on Twitter because I had to. And uh, I'm yeah, excited I'm that, that, we, that we can build together. And I would encourage you guys to go in and follow and connect with Janai and go back and listen to some of the other episodes here. And we'll see you on another episode of the MYP Show. Later, guys. Thanks for listening to this Toolbox episode of the Marketing Your Podcast show. We know there are plenty of podcasts that you could be listening to, and we're excited that you decided to join us today. I would encourage you to go back and listen to the other episodes and find ones that are most relevant to your show. If you have any requests for future shows, come and find me on LinkedIn. That's Hector, H-E-C-T-O-R, Santi Esteban, S-A-N-T-I-E-S-T-E-B-A-N, and connect with me there. And of course, if you enjoyed the show today or any of our other episodes, we'd be forever grateful if you decided to give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast provider. We hope you're having an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Marketing Your Podcast Show.